0: Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. Supper had been earlier than usual tonight at the Lane Farm in order to allow plenty of time for driving Lisa Fenner to the station. At 8.30, Lisa was taking a train for Chicago and the new life which Aunt Mary hoped would lead the young woman back to happiness. Lisa and Peggy were upstairs now making last-minute preparations for the trip. Lefty Larkin had disappeared on some project of his own, having said goodbye to Lisa earlier, and Aunt Mary and her son Randy, who had recently returned home from overseas, had tidied up the kitchen. Now Randy neatly hangs up the dish towel, sits down at the kitchen table while his mother performs those last few tasks which restore the pleasant room to its usual spotless order.
1: Well, everything's ship-shaped, Mom. Why don't you come sit down?
2: Oh, just a second, Randy.
1: Oh, Mom, is there any coffee left? I could stand another cup. Yes,
2: there's plenty. I'll have a cup with you. But, uh... Wouldn't you rather go in the
1: other room? Oh, no, no, I like it right here. This kitchen is one of my favorite hangouts.
2: It is nice, isn't it? I've always thought a kitchen should be a cheerful-looking place. After all, a woman spends most of her time in it.
1: What I like about yours, Mom, is it looks lived in. You know, some of these modern deals look like chemistry laboratories. (laughs) As if they did the cooking in a beaker over a Bunsen burner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This may be pretty strong. Ah, you know me, Mom... If the spoon stands up and in it, that's for me. Probably isn't good
2: for you so strong. But I'm the same way.
1: The blacker is the better. Uh-huh. That coffee we had overseas, that's when I got homesick. Oh, I suppose it was all right, but it wasn't like yours, Mom. Yeah, it's funny the things you long for most when you're away from home. Not so much the big things, but the little ones seem important. Mm,
2: I know. It's all the little ones added up
1: that make a home. That's it. A... I used to dream about doing just what we're doing right now. Sitting at the kitchen table with you and drinking a cup of coffee.
2: And I used to dream about having you here to do it. We've been very lucky, Andy. Yeah, Mom. Well, dear, now that you've been home a while, have you decided what you want to do? Lefty told me you'd mentioned something to him about trying to make up your mind.
1: Yeah, well... Well, I figured if I did intend to go in for anything special, this would be the natural time to make the break before I settle down anywhere.
2: Oh, yes, I, I think so, too. Well, Mom,
1: I think I've made up my mind. I think I know just what I want to do. I'm glad, dear. Do you want to tell me about it? Oh, sure. I was planning to tell you anyway. Well, I want to stay here on the farm, Mom. It's where I belong, where I want to be.
2: Oh, Randy. I'm so glad. Are you really, Mom? Mm.
1: Sure you want to have a big lummox like me underfoot
2: all the time? Oh, nothing in the world I'd like better. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Mom,
1: I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting things in shape. Got a lot of ideas. And most of them will take a very small amount of
2: money and a big amount of labor. Anything you want to do, Randy. Your judgment has always been good. <laughs> okay. You have no idea how pleased I am. It makes me so happy that you want to be home. That you have an appreciation of the simple, everyday things in life which make for true happiness.
1: Well, if I have, Mom, I got it from you. No,
2: thank you, dear. You know, when you were little, and then when you were in high school, too, people were always asking me what I wanted you to be. They couldn't understand it when I told them I didn't care what you decided to do. I was only interested in how you did it.
1: I remember how sorry I used to feel for a guy whose parents made all his plans for him. Half the time, something the fellow himself had no interest in at all.
2: I've mm. always felt it's a great mistake to force a child into something. You can guide them, give them a sense of values, yes. But a lot of unhappiness is caused by people who are too ambitious for their children. Don't give them a chance to follow their own direction. That's right. So depressing to me to see a person with a bent for one certain thing... Having to do something else. You know, that's why I've been so concerned about Lisa. Yeah. She's pretty much wrapped up in her dancing, I guess. Naturally. It's the thing she loved to do. Of course, the main trouble now is she's lost her faith in herself. Well, I, I guess you get out of practice pretty easy. Yes, but she's got this idea that the reason she and Lance were successful was because of him. She doesn't think she can do it alone. I'm counting on Del Shipley, though. Once Lisa gets started, finds out she can do it, the worst will be over.
1: Mm-hmm. Mom, do you think there's much chance for the two of them to get together again?
2: Lisa and Lance? Uh-huh. Mm, I don't know, Andy. Lisa's very strange about it. Apparently, she has a dreadful feeling of guilt toward him. Feels she couldn't face him.
1: She hasn't given you any idea why, has no,
2: she? No, no, she won't even talk about it. And it's hard to say might be something she's imagined, built up in her own mind. She's such a sensitive little kid. Yes, that's it. But, on the other hand, I I think this isn't entirely imaginary. Whatever it was she did, Lisa herself believes it's a tremendous obstacle. I only knew it would make it so much easier to help her.
1: Well, Mom, you've done a wonderful job so far. These last few days, she's been a different girl. Well, this morning, she and Peggy were up there just, just chattering away, having a fine time. <laughs> yes, I know.
2: And it's been good for Peggy, too, sure. having someone near her own age to talk to. You know, Jane Plummer's fine, but she's so busy with her teaching, she doesn't have much time. And then so many of her old school friends are married now. They have babies in their own interest to occupy their time. I think Peggy feels rather at a loss. Oh, no, that's too bad. She ought
1: to be married herself. hmm It's a darn shame her life got butchered up the way it did.
2: Oh, but she's working things out, Randy.
1: Yeah. If this Bill Meade gets himself straightened out, that'd help.
2: You know, I still haven't met that guy. He's a fine boy, Randy.
1: According to Nicholas Dorn, he's okay.
2: One thing I like about him is that he learns from his mistakes. And he doesn't try to justify himself when he makes them, either. (laughs) That's kind
1: of a funny situation. Bill and Nicholas being such good pals. Even though they're both in love with the same girl.
2: Yes. It's a very unusual situation. People aren't always that tolerant. I'm thankful Bill and Nicholas are. Oh, my goodness. I wonder what time it's getting to be.
1: Mm, Yeah, we ought to be leaving pretty soon.
2: Yes, we don't want to rush. Why don't you call up to Lisa and see if she's ready? Okay. Oh, and uh, you better bring down her bag, too. I'll rinse out these cups and be ready in a jiffy. Right, Mom. Don't worry now. We'll make it in plenty of time.
0: Half an hour later, Randy parked the little pickup truck at the side of the railroad station helped Lisa and Aunt Mary out, and went off to check the train's arrival. The two women strolled over to the platform.
2: Here we are. We didn't have any too much time to spare, either. train should be long in a few minutes.
3: Oh, I stood on so many station platforms waiting like this, not knowing quite what was ahead. And then you hear the train whistle. Your heart begins to pound a little, and you know you're going to a new place. I used to love it when Lance and I were together, but this time.
2: Why don't you think of this time as another beginning? You're going toward a new life. And I'm sure it's going to be a happy one, my dear.
3: I don't know, Aunt Mary. If it is, it'll be your doing. You've been wonderful.
2: I've enjoyed having you with us, Lisa. I'm going to miss you a lot. We all will.
3: It's strange. I've only known you a short time, but... I feel as if I'm leaving home.
2: Oh, now, that's the sweetest thing you could tell me. I want you to feel this is a home to you and to know we'll always be here if you need us. Just think of us as your, uh... your adopted family.
3: Oh, I couldn't have a nicer family. I wish I could tell you, Aunt Mary, how grateful I am to you for believing in me, helping me.
2: You don't need to tell me, my dear. I've already been amply rewarded by knowing that You're on the way toward finding yourself. Oh, here it comes. Remember now, believe in yourself. That's all you have to do.
3: Well, I'll try not to let you down, Aunt Mary. Honest and truly, I will. I want you to be proud of me. And I'll try my very best so you will be. That's the least I can do to repay you.
0: And a few moments later, Lisa was gone. That's the least I can do to repay you, Lisa had said. But she had no idea that in finding a solution to her own life, she might also be solving a problem in Aunt Mary's home at the same time. The problem of Peggy Douglas, Aunt Mary's niece, and Bill Mead, who believes Lisa Fenner's baby boy to be his own son.